Thanks, Leanne. Can we just give a hand uh, for Leanne? And uh, like, I just uh, want to honour her for what she does for the students um, here. If, if you're ever around the church more than five minutes, you, or if you, you could turn up here at any hour of the day or night, and half the time Leanne is still here. Um, and she just loves those kids. Um, at, you know, in school hours and out of school hours. And if you think to remember to pray for them during the week, um, you know, often uh, just the days can be a battle. Like the, the kids are going through stuff and trying to support them. So our staff here and, um, and, and the youth leaders that are uh, coming alongside them uh, need your support and, and your prayer support in that. So um, definitely continue to pray for them. I'm going to be speaking this morning on where to find God when you don't know where to look. Have you ever lost something and run out of places to look? <laughs> uh, I remember, um, so I am notorious for losing stuff, right? I like, I, I, to the point where one of the best gifts I was ever given was those uh, tile uh, things that you attach to your keys, and so now I have one in my wallet and uh, on my keys, so I have two, and they literally get used on a daily basis. So um, it's it's they're really good actually. Um, so I know what it's like to lose stuff to the point where you've run out of uh, places to look. I know uh, Wally has ended up sleeping the night at church because he couldn't find his keys. Turned out they were on top of, on his roof, but uh, couldn't see them in the dark. So there's a few of us around that know what it's like to, to lose stuff. Um, and you go to where's logical. You go, look, where was the last place I saw it? Where was... I, I managed to somehow lose things in places so illogical that they're like... I also have a special skill at getting lost, like losing myself. Uh, I once got lost so badly dropping a kid home from youth group when I was the youth pastor uh, that uh, it was out the back of Marangaroo or Alexander Heights. It was a fairly new area. This was like 10 years ago. Uh, so there, the map um, signal, like the internet dropped out. And I was relying on my phone. I sort of just got past the point where you would like have a physical map in your car. So we didn't have a map in the car and my phone signal dropped out and I didn't know where I was. was so lost that I had to resort to using the compass on my phone to head west because I knew if I headed west, eventually I'd get to the coast, right? So, uh, so we actually used... I, I, Tash is my witness. She was like 15 and I still had her to drop off at home at that point uh, and so I was it, it took me resorting to that to actually that's how badly lost I can get I um, just have a knack for um, a directional inability uh, I, I can't really explain it um, but so I know what it's like to get lost um, I also know what it's like to end up somewhere where I didn't mean to end up when you're driving somewhere, I like 90% of the time, if I'm not really paying attention, like I jump on my car, jump into my car and put on a podcast and get it all put on music and start singing, I'll like accidentally end up at church half the time when I'm like meant to be going somewhere else. Uh, have you ever like, we sort of take this like path of least resistance. You just go where you naturally, you know, 
going to go. Um, I am, there is a point to all of my stories, by the way. I'm not usually, um, but I think I'll, um, I'll jump into our text for this morning. If you have a Bible, I'm going to be um, reading a story from Deuteronomy chapter 4. But before I read that text, I have another text. Uh, you know, anyone who's been around me uh, longer than five minutes knows I like to read a bit of theology. Some good. Um, so I'm going to be reading from one of the master theologians this morning, Dr. Seuss. I was reading this to the kids the other night. Yep, correct. It is a kid's storybook. If you're unfamiliar, he's great. Should have marked the page that I was going to read. But this is a story called Oh, the Places You'll Go. And it, uh, it sort of starts off really uh, quite lighthearted and tells you how good life's going to be and talks about how you can choose your own path and you'll be up on your way and, and all of this kind of thing uh, like about how you'll, um, you'll have some wins in life and it like sort of lands on this page where it's like uh, just gone from um, uh, you'll be on your way up, you'll be seeing great sights, you'll be joining high flyers who'll soar to high heights, you won't lag behind because you'll have speed, you'll pass the whole gang and you'll soon take the lead, wherever you fly you'll be best of the best, wherever you go you'll top all the rest, except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You'll get all hung up in a prickly perch and your gang will fly on, you'll be left in the lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump and chances are then that you'll be in a slump. And when you're in a slump, you're not, much, you're not in for much fun because unslumping yourself is not easily done. And it goes on to like, then sort of navigate out of that kind of lost place. But sometimes our theology or our idea of what our walk with God should look like kind of sounds a little more like the first few pages of this book. You know, you're going to win, you're going to overcome this, and, you know, God's promises are great, and all of those things are true. But something I have learned about what the Bible says is that there are often truths that exist in tension. And while it's true that God has good things for you, and if you honour God, that he, he will be in the midst of your situations and if we serve God and choose his will that generally things work out better for us but what's also true is sometimes it won't and sometimes it doesn't and what's also true and as uh, it's as much shown in the stories that we read in the Bible you only have to turn to Job to recognize that it doesn't always work out like that but the problem is if we never get a hold of how to find God when we've run out of places to look. If we never talk through what it looks like to unlose yourself when you feel so lost that you might need to use a compass on your phone to find your way out. If we never talk through these things, then what happens when you are in that place? Because you will be. If you haven't found yourself in those places yet, maybe you haven't been alive very long. But I don't know, I haven't met anyone yet that's hit their adult life and can tell me that they haven't had a day 
where they feel like everything doesn't add up. Or where maybe the promises that we put on fridge magnets and bumper stickers don't quite match what our circumstances look like. So how do we find God when we've run out of places to look? I'm going to read from verse 15. And it's not immediately going to make sense why I'm reading from this. I'll explain it. I'll get there, I promise. Be very careful. You did not see the Lord's form on the day when he spoke to you. By the way, this is Moses. He's encountered God at the burning bush. He has seen God in a way. He's definitely encountered him. And now he's explaining the law to the people and he's explaining now what they have to do with that and this is part of uh, uh, a recount in Deuteronomy of the law being given. And so we have this experience in the background of Moses having encountered God and been given his word, but a warning is given to him here. Be very careful. You did not see the Lord's form on the day when he spoke to you from the heart of the fire of Mount Sinai. So do not corrupt yourselves by making an idol in any form, whether of a man or a woman, an animal on the ground or a bird in the sky, a small animal that scurries or a fish in the deepest sea. And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon and the stars, all the forces of heaven do not be seduced into worshipping them. The Lord your God gave them to all the people of the earth. Remember that the Lord rescued you from the furnace of Egypt in order to make you his very own people, his special possession, which you are today. And to jump down to verse 26, it says, Today I call on heaven and earth as witnesses against you. If you break my covenant, you will quickly disappear from the land which you are crossing Jordan to occupy. You will live there only a short time and then you will be uh, scattered and for the Lord will... Uh, scatter you among the nations where only a few of you will survive. There in a foreign land you will worship idols made from wood or stone, gods that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. From there you will search again for the Lord your God and you will search for him with all your heart and you will find him. In the distant future, when you are suffering all of these things, you will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant which he has made with your ancestors. Lord, we thank, thank you for your word that guides us. God, we thank you that this is one of the ways that we can find you when we've run out of places to look and we pray that we would encounter you here this morning, that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, that uh, I would communicate clearly this morning your heart in this text and help, uh, help us all to understand this this morning. I just pray for a revelation, an encounter that draws us closer to you and helps us to be more like you when we go out into the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. See, often when we talk about uh, not worshipping idols, not worshipping something other than God, we talk about worshipping an unknown God, worshipping a God of something else. We don't often reflect much on our ability or our tendency to make God into something that is not. 
And that's what the warning here is. And I think sometimes when I've been looking for something, if you ever go on looking for something and you're convinced it was like in a red packet, and so you're looking for a red packet, and then when someone goes, oh, it's over here, and the whole time it was in a blue packet, when you, if you're not looking for the right thing, you can't see it. And sometimes I think we miss God in situations because we've made him out to be something that he's not. We miss God in our situation because we've made God into something that we think he should be. This, the warning here is that we need to be careful be, not to make God into what we think he should be. See, the explanation given not to, uh, not to make God in the form of a man or a woman or animal, bird or in the sky, a fish, it, they're all referencing different ways that people already worshipped in, uh, in the Canaanite land, the various gods that were worshipped. And, uh, and so each one of those things is kind of referencing like the Egyptian god, the beetle that scurries on the ground when it talks about that. It was, there's all sorts of uh, references there to ways people naturally would have fell into if their eyes weren't on God. They would take the path of least resistance, go down a track of going the old way. Sometimes we easily can fall into a trap of going the way that we thought we knew or what we already understood or making God into something that's comfortable for us. We make God into our image instead of being conformed into the image of God. And when we do that, it's no wonder we begin to feel lost and like we can't see God in our circumstances. I spoke a couple of weeks ago about how faith needs to move us first. I spoke about encountering God in a way that's real so that we can recognize him in the midst of our circumstances. And if you haven't been around for a couple of weeks or you missed those, then I'd encourage you to get those messages uh, because I think it all forms part of a big picture that I'm talking about here this morning because we need to be aware that God actually comes to shape and challenge, to renew our mind, to bring us fresh revelation of who he is, to help us grow in our understanding. If you're not feeling challenged when you're encountering God, maybe you haven't quite heard yet. <laughs> I know when I encounter God in his word, I know when I encounter Jesus and recognize who he is, it challenges me to my core because I am definitely not yet doing the things that he said. I'm definitely not yet living the life that he has called me to. And so when I, I know that I've encountered God because it challenges me, it draws me to do something different, to go deeper, to reach further, to do uh, like more of what he's required of me, it challenges me. But if I make God into my own image that I already understand, that's comfortable for me, that suits my life. See, the ideal, I, the, the concept of idols is that they would make a household idol and that God would then serve their purposes. The God was there to make sure that they had enough provision. You know, they would have fertility idols that would uh, be dedicated to, uh, to ha- their, um, their crops and their um, flocks being, uh, you know, productive, or or their families having many children, and and they would those idols serve their purposes, but when we recognise God, it calls us to serve His purposes. So how do we avoid making God in our own image? 
I'm going to read a little bit from the New Testament. But before I jump into that, something that we have a habit of teaching when it comes to prayer or when it comes to uh, spending time with God is uh, we've discovered this personal relationship with God and we know that we can relate to him on a personal level. So when someone comes and asks us to pray or, or like, or what they should pray, how do we pray? I was always taught that you just, you know, you pray what you feel, what, you know, what God's put on your heart. You can just talk to God like you can and that's true. When the disciples came to Jesus and asked him what they should pray, he didn't say, just say what's on your heart. He actually gave them a picture of what it was that they were going to need to be shaped to desire so that, they could, uh, so that their mindset could be changed. And this is where we jump back to what I was talking about a couple of weeks ago where faith needs to move us first. Because when we come to spend time with God, it should be not to move God to act on our behalf, but to invite God into our situation so that he would move us. To invite God into our lives in a way that would change us and shape us into his image. And so when we come to pray, it's helpful to consider that we should be praying in a way that helps to shape us. And while it's good to spend time and share with God from our heart and to pray from what God's put on our heart, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying don't do that. Certainly do because God, you know, the Holy Spirit can speak to us and move us to, to pray for things that he's leading us to, that God can, uh, you, you know, there's so much healing to be found in being able to uh, bring to God what's going on in your life and to, to pray that. But Jesus gives us a key that it shouldn't just be about praying what we think or what we feel, but we should pray according to his will. And as we do that, and we can do that through various disciplines, whether that be uh, praying the word of God, praying the Bible. See, that was a pretty familiar concept when Jesus was teaching them how to pray. The book of Psalms wasn't a book uh, that they used to read stories. It was a book of prayers that they prayed. This was something they were familiar with. They would pray according to prayers that they had been given because it helped to shape them and change them. You know, when we sing songs of worship, the reason I think that this time that we come together and sing songs that we're given is so powerful is because we're singing things that sometimes don't come natural but as we sing them those words become truth they change us they shape us and move us we can be people that pray prayers that are similar i think sometimes we read the verses that we're comfortable with in the Bible. We sing the songs that we like. We go to churches where we hear things that we want to hear and we pray prayers that are according to how we feel and we wonder why the God that we create in our mind looks a lot more like us than it does the Jesus we see in his word. 
So this is how Jesus teaches his disciples, how he teaches us to pray. And this is a way that we can pray that can lead us to be shaped more like him and less like us. Says in Matthew chapter five uh, six, sorry. It says pray like this, our Father in heaven. May your name be kept holy, or hallowed be your name. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Or as Thomas says, give us this day our garlic bread. I don't know why he's got that in his head, but he can't quite move out of that. (laughs) And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a prayer it's based on his will, not ours. Not God, give me what I need. It actually requires to say, your kingdom come, means my kingdom has to be laid down. Your will be done, means I need to be willing to lay down my will. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us, God, what we need, not what we desire. One of the best sermons I've heard in a while recently was an entire sermon just on that, give us this day our daily bread. How we need to focus more on what do we actually need And what are we trying to chase, pursue, acquire that's more than what we need at the cost of others? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. As we forgive those, because as you pray these things, maybe they don't come natural, but we're reminded that this is the shape that we're meant to take. See, we're not to make images of God. We're to bear the image of God. See, unlike those in the Old Testament that Moses was speaking to, they hadn't yet seen God in a way that they could recognize, but we have because we have seen Jesus. We know who Jesus is, and so we know what image to take we're to desire that our lives would look more like Jesus, that we would carry his image into the world, people would see who he is. We need to get to a place where our reflex action leads us to Jesus. We need to get to a place where our prayers, in the moments when we're lost, and we can't find a way out, lead us to Jesus. And where better to start than in the Bible where it gives us, if we could learn, this is why we've moved to doing some things in church that maybe 
for some of us might seem like it's repeating something or or why do we always say the same thing at the end of the service or or why do we always say the same thing when we come to the table and share communion why would you always pray the same prayers because what happens when you're in a dark place when you're in a place when you're lost see if i'd been lost out the back streets of Alexander Heights and I'd travelled a certain way to get home a number of times, I would only need to get back to one of the roads that I knew to find my way out. You don't need a map or street names. When it's something that, it, when it's a path that you've travelled, see we understand this about psychology that we can actually train our brain to navigate a certain path. We train it both negative and positive. We train ourselves to react in certain situations in a certain way. We, tra- we can train ourselves for the better to actually respond in a way by doing things regularly, by forming good habits. And so the reason we repeat some of these words or we share these things each Sunday, the reason why we sing these songs every week is because it shapes us so that when we're in a place where we don't know where to look, there's something inside us that leads us back to Jesus. I know I sort of came to a a point a, a while back where I was really struggling with what to do about all these young people who were encountering God in our ministry who had certainly met Jesus, but when it hit a certain time in their life, or even hit certain times in their development, or when life got hard or circumstances were thrown at them, then they didn't seem to be able to navigate or find a way out. And I had to really seek God, and I did that by reading, by talking to people uh, that I knew uh, that had been doing some of those things. That led us to the point where we talked about doing some of the things that we're doing in church that help to shape us, to help us to be in a place to respond better when we come to those places where we've forgotten where to look. I believe that there's real power in learning to pray as Jesus taught us to pray, not to take away from being able to just speak to God and bring to him what you need to, but being able to use even the format as a way. And you'll notice if ever you pray with me in a a prayer meeting or a prayer group, I I just naturally now resort back to praying uh, to worship God first, hallowed be your name, to pray God's kingdom come, his will be done, to actually ask that his will be done in the situations, to ask for God's provision, but also that our hearts would be changed in that place to be able to recognize what we do need and what we don't and to be able to lay down the things that we don't to ask for unity and reconciliation, forgiveness, for us to be reconciled to God. You know, pray through those things. It's become like a natural habit. And so it doesn't matter where you're at. When it doesn't, when you don't have to be on the mountaintop, the highest high, when you're, 
you know, when the music's incredible and it, you know, often is, but what if it's not? And you don't sense the presence of God. How do you encounter him then? How do you pray then? Your God so often answers our prayers and meets our needs and he does miracles and, you know, there are things that we can testify to the goodness of God. But what when our situation doesn't look like that? What do you pray then? When it's something that's become reflexive built into you, then you draw on those things. But if we haven't built those things in, when we come together every week, when we haven't built those things in by encouraging each other in disciplines and, and in doing those things, when we haven't built those things in by reading the Word and learning to, to pray from what the Bible says, and, and what, when we haven't built those things in, as soon as we hit the place where we start to feel lost, it's so much harder to find our way back. We want to be a church where people can come in and not only find community and love and acceptance, but find a way out of their situations, to find a way out of their lost places, to navigate life in such a way that when things get hard or things you know, get thrown at us, that we can actually testify to the goodness of God and how he can lead us through those circumstances. We want to be a church where people find health and wholeness not just for a day, not just in a Sunday service, not just in a youth meeting or a camp, but for their lives. When we learn to pray like Jesus taught us to pray, it ends with lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What is temptation if it isn't our desires? We're saying, lead us, God, into a place where we desire your will, not ours. And how is that done? Well, it's by praying all the verses that are before. How is that done if it's not by praying what the Bible teaches us to pray? It's praying the promises and the word of God by lifting the name of Jesus in our circumstances. And when we spend time doing that, we begin to be shaped like what we need to be. We begin to carry the image of Jesus instead of making God in our own image. And we can do that by spending time with people who are image-bearing people. We can do that by spending time with people that challenge us to be better. I'm so encouraged that we're in a community where we can look to people who are image-bearing people. There are people like Jeff and Margie who spend time uh, coordinating a lunch for, on Christmas and give up their Christmas year after year to serve the homeless people in our community. There are people in our community that uh, do things like Rod who picks the bread up every week 
and some of you may not even realize who does it, but so it can be here every Sunday so that people can take food, so that we can freeze a whole bunch of it, so that we can put, send it out with food parcels. There are people who give up their time, like James, who serves in four different high schools throughout the week, just so that kids might get a chance to hear about the hope there is in Jesus. There are people in our community that serve in so many different ways that you can be encouraged by and challenged by. When we get around people and spend time with people, it challenges us. We can do it by learning what Jesus looks like in his word. We can do it by reading about who he is and what he lived and what he looked like in his life. But ultimately, it happens by spending time with him. We need to be willing to allow his image to be formed in us. For us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Sometimes that's a painful process. It doesn't mean always revisiting the way we thought it should be or what we already knew, but sometimes looking outside of that. Seeking God in his presence and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us in a way that challenges us out of our comfort zone. We know through all of what uh, science and social science psychology has studied that one of the most effective ways for us to be changed, to make better habits, and for in, if we want to put it like this, for us to be shaped like Jesus, as in to change what's not right in us to be more like him, one of the most effective ways we can do that is by praying prayers, by speaking words. There are whole sections of books in secular bookshops dedicated to the power of words and how when you say uh, things enough times, how it actually affects something on the inside of you, how we can retrain our brain to uh, actually navigate a path that leads us where we want to go if we commit to repeating a process of, of a thought process. It seems like maybe God in his wisdom understood when he taught us to pray that if we would pray according to his will on a regular basis that it might shape us to look more like him. It might cause us to actually be willing to lay down our will. It might, as we pray your kingdom come, our lives might actually start to look like his kingdom coming on earth. When we can be in a place to encounter the love of God in those lost and dark spaces, there's something of the love of God that ministers. When you can find God in those places... There is a hope and a testimony, a power that rises out of that. Every one of us here will have a story or a testimony of some description and whatever that looks like, where we meet God, there's power in that testimony.
we can encourage each other in that. I'm going to ask the band to join me this morning. You guys can get ready. Church, will you hold each other? Will you hold us accountable? Will you hold me accountable? Friends, will you hold me accountable if I'm not living habits that lead me to be in a place when, you know, you hit the page where sometimes it doesn't? That we'd be able to find Jesus in those moments. We would have habits formed and a way of doing church and a way of encouraging each other that means that we can find Jesus when we don't know where to look. Maybe you are in this place this morning and you've never known where to look. But you know there's something more Every one of us is created with a desire to seek the God that created us. And if you've never encountered him or offered your life to him, I can tell you this morning that I came from a place of being lost, in a place where I didn't know how to find the way out. But there is good news in the love of a God that not only created you but brought you to a place so that you would be able to hear of his hope and love and begin a personal relationship with him and bring you to a place of purpose in his kingdom. See, I met Jesus in that lost space and I didn't know the way out. And it's by his miracle working power that he brought me out of that space. But then he called me to a life of seeking him. That where I would put things in place in my life that would bring me closer to him. And I haven't always done that and it's led me to some places in my life that I shouldn't have gone or some, I probably had to walk things harder than I needed to. But I found great freedom in being able to fall back on knowing I can meet Jesus where I last saw him. Whether that was in a prayer or in a worship song or in the word. He wants you to know that freedom too. I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes this morning. If there's anyone here and you've heard the words to the songs this morning, about a Jesus, about a God that is good, about a hope that's found in him. Maybe you felt 
lost and like you didn't know a way out. I invite you to lift a hand and pray a prayer with me so that you could begin finding your way out. We do it by following him. Is there anyone here this morning that knows they need to find their way out and they want to begin a journey of following Jesus? Lord, we thank you for your presence, for your Holy Spirit that leads us back to you. God, that you desire to seek and save those who are lost, and that means us. That every time we wander, your Spirit searches for us and makes a way drawing us back to you. We pray that we would be a people that would develop lives that would always lead us back to you. Lord, I pray that we would be a community, a church, where people are led back to you by the things that we do, by the habits that we form, by the songs that we sing, by the spaces that we Make here for your presence and power to be at work. The people would be led back to you. Lord, forgive us this morning for where we've gone the path of least resistance and fallen back into our old ways. We're in the lost and dark spaces. We lean on things that are not of you whether it be our own strength or our own desires, whether it be unhealthy vices, whether it be other people that we put in positions in our life that they were never supposed to occupy, God, we ask that you would forgive us this morning and that you would lead us back to you. We pray God, that your name would always be lifted. Hallowed be your name. That your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom would come. Forgive us today as we forgive others, Lord that you administer to us and help us to be able to do that. God, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, help us to only desire that which we need, that we wouldn't take more than we need at the cost of others, that we wouldn't hold back from others that which you called us to share. We ask for your provision for every person that's struggling or going without, that you would meet every need. Lord, we pray that you would lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, that you would help us to have our desires so shaped by who you are, 
that we would begin to look more like you. Church, this morning, one of the ways that we can come into a space that helps us to be shaped and shape our desires in a way that look more like the kingdom, look more like what he's calling us to, is by sharing communion together. As we recognize God's family, we recognize that we were first reconciled to God through what he did. And that he calls us to be reconciled to each other. This is the table. Not of the church, but of the Lord is made ready for those who love God and those who want to love God more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have a little, you who have been here often and you who have come for the first time, you who have tried to follow Jesus, you who have failed in following Jesus and you who have just decided to follow Jesus today, come because it is the Lord who invites us and it is God's will that those who desire Christ would encounter him here. As you're ready, church, you can come. Lord, you are so good. Church, we have come as we are, but by his grace we are sent out not the same. For in this place the spirit that anointed Christ has been poured out on us. He has exchanged the crown of beauty for our ashes, the oil of joy for our sorrow, a garment of praise for our spirit of despair. He has spoken over us a new name, Oaks of Integrity, and prophesied we will grow into a canopy of his beauty to bless and rebuild this city in his unfailing, non-violent love. So go, broadcast good news for the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, Prophesy freedom for the captives. Let the blind see. Set free the oppressed. Live jubilee and forgive. Blessing our enemies because Christ has shut the book on vengeance. Go now in his liberating grace that pardons and empowers sinners like us to participate in God's kingdom of mercy. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.